0: Coming up.
1: curiosity. Actually, school may have taught me that studying is kind of boring, but the school of life proves that playful as heck
2: exploration. I, you know, I get some clients and if you you read certain books and you watch TV and everything else, you know, there's always this evil hypnotist, right? Or someone is trying to manipulate your mind. So there's some ways that those can kind of be in discord. Okay, so that's an excellent question, Kimmy. And now this is probably what's going to be the most fascinating takeaway of this Please, podcast. The worst
0: way to try like create a new habit or change your mind. Yeah. And so it's it's awesome to kind of have that even just reaffirmed right it's now. Kind
1: of burst into tears. And it was like at that finally, after like the couple times of tapping, 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 it sunk in enough that she actually believed that and it was so we want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch wellness and rejuvenation retreat in the Dominican Republic November 9th through the 12th 2023 it will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you give you a chance to rest relax and network with others in our Munch Bunch family We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. I am your co-host. Megan Vanoy, myofunctional therapist, dental hygienist, all the things. And I have my favorite co host here, Kimi Nishimoto, also dental hygienist and myofunctional therapist, digital nomad. And we are so excited uh, to introduce our guest uh, this Munchy Monday, Alexandra Svala no, Sval- Sval- Stog. Perfect. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And we'll make sure we put the spelling in there, you guys. So, um, Alexandra actually is from, went to college where I live, you guys, but yet she's all the way in Norway. So, the world is actually technically very small. Uh, so, very excited that you're also a, a Northwest girl. And she practices hypnotherapy. And we are so excited to talk to her today uh, to learn more about uh, hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And how she's using the brain to change your health from the inside out. So before we dive in, Alexandra, we are going to have you pull our affirmator for the week. So Kimmy, bring out the cards. Got them. Okay,
1: so you're just going to tell me when and we're going to pull one of the unicorn cards for our
2: intention for the week. So you just say when. um when oh, okay <laughs> all right oh
1: this is cute i don't know why but it reminds me of norway there's like little animals going <gasps> oh, off to war <laughs> that's cute that's they're cute. like all right so the affirmator for the week is curiosity Actual school may have taught me that studying is kind of boring, but the school of life proves that playful as heck exploration plus around every corner inspiration abounds. So today I'll brush away any been-there-done-that dust from my eyes and brighten them with a fresh and glossy coat of
0: curiosity. Excelsior. I love it. Gosh, I love these cards. I love these cards. And it's funny because when I very first bought them, how many years ago was it, Kimmy? I don't know, three, four. There was only 50 of them. And then they came out with 100. And some of the ones that they've added over time um, are just so, so good. So um, I am just like chomping at the bit to learn more about about hypnotherapy and hypnosis because um, I don't know about you, Kimmy. But when we did like our senior high school grad night, which was obviously only like three years ago for me, I only graduated high school like yesterday, Um, not like 15 years ago. Uh, But they did, they always like bring in a hypnosis to like the grad party and they have people do silly things, right? And that's kind of like what you think of when you think of hypnosis. And then over time you might hear like hypnosis over like some willpower or some habits. But you never really know what that really means or what that looks like. So Alexandra, will you tell us more about what hypnotherapy is and what it's really designed to do? Because I'm guessing it's not designed to make like high schoolers walk
2: around clacking it like a duck or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. First of all, I you know, I get some clients and if you if you Read certain books and you watch TV and everything else, you know, there's always this evil hypnotist, right? Or someone is trying to manipulate your mind. So there's a lot of woo woo. Now, believe it or not, some people like the woo woo. You know, they come to me and they're like, okay, you're a hypnotist, hypnotize me, make me lose, you know, 10 pounds in two days, you know. And I laugh because I'm like, gee, (laughs) if I could do that. But The truth of hypnosis is many things. First of all, you can't get stuck in hypnosis. That's number one. Number two, nobody can make you do anything against your will. Let's say you go to a stage hypnotist, right? And you're part of the show and the hypnotist gets you to cluck like a chicken. The only reason that happens is because... At a subconscious level, your subconscious mind was open to experiencing that even though you consciously, this is something that you would never dream of doing, but for whatever reason, it was open to it. Now, a lot of people come to me and they say, well, I've been to so many hypnotists and I've never been able to, you know, be hypnotized and it makes sense because you can consciously Want to be hypnotized. But subconsciously, you know, you, if you don't trust the hypnotist, hypnotherapist, if you're, for whatever reason, don't trust the hypnotic experience, it doesn't matter what you want consciously. The subconscious mind is always going to trump the conscious mind because. It is the boss of you, ladies. And and, and this is why, you know, you can have these goals. And people come to me basically because they want to make some kind of a change in their lives. And they're usually pretty desperate because, you know, they've been to see so many people. The willpower, you know, trying to get the conscious mind to make changes is not really going to be very effective if the subconscious mind isn't on board so let's say you have a goal right let's say you know you got this dream you got this goal if reaching that goal requires you to believe in something that the subconscious mind has not learned doesn't believe then The road to, you know, that goal could be very challenging. And the thing with change is that the subconscious, and I'm going to use unconscious and subconscious interchangeably, change can be tricky because, you know, we are, however old we are, um, you know, 20, 30 years of habit. And the subconscious is, you know, likes the familiar. It knows what it's been taught, what you've programmed into it. So it may not be as interested in change as you are. So in order for us to make those changes and think of it as kind of like reprogramming, so you've got this version of you, right? So that's what the subconscious mind knows. And it's okay with that programming. It's like it, you know. But let's say you want to make changes. Which, you know, that's the reason you go to a hypnotherapist that basically uses hypnosis uh, to get you to, you know, reach your goals, whatever it is that you want to do. You go to this person because in hypnosis, we get the subconscious mind into the driver's seat. Usually it's the conscious mind that's, you know. And the subconscious mind, it's in the background, steering our life in visible and invisible ways. But during hypnosis, we get it into the driver's seat. And that's how you start making those changes. So when clients come to me, they'll come in for a session. But because to make these changes, you know, a lot of repetition has to be involved. So so, let's say um, you know someone comes to me. How deeply they go into the hypnotic experience, into hypnosis, is it? You know, people think it's me that I is this like hypnotherapist, hypnotist, hypnotize you, and you know, actually, all hypnosis is self hypnosis, and that's Mm -hmm. important to know. Because, you know, how deep you go isn't so much dependent on my skill as a hypnotherapist or hypnotist, but more on my client's willingness to embrace that experience, uh, to have positive expectations. You know, it really... attitude. So if if this is someone who try, and of course, trust, because you have to trust subconsciously, subconsciously, you have to get. So for me, a lot of the work, uh, Kimmy and Megan, is gaining that person's trust, because if they don't trust me, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. Because, you know, I can't make anyone change. I can't, make anyone you know all of a sudden they come to me for something i can't make you do anything so let's say during the hypnosis and relaxation is a tool that we use because that's what we do to get the conscious mind to observe if i make a suggestion like for example you know your legs are relaxing well if you don't want your legs to relax they're not going to relax So, you know, you have to be willing to be guided by me. Now, during this, so before we start our session, I have this big interview with my client. I ask them questions. Um, I get a lot of information. And I use this information during the session. So let's say they come to me, I want to do this, I want to do that. Well, these become suggestions. So I already know they want to feel less like this and they want to feel more like this. So during the session, I will say you are feeling that. So everything you're giving me, I'm feeding back to you in the form of suggestions. So this is not about what I want to tell you or about my own stuff coming into the session. I I only use the and I try and use actually the client's words as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And this is becomes the basis of that session. And then what I'll do is I'll make a recording for the client that they listen to uh, repeatedly, you know, to make those changes and uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the basic hypnosis session and of course i do um what i call future pacing mm. which is which i'll get into i'm actually getting ahead of myself but do you guys have any questions so far based on what i've just said
1: yeah actually um can you just briefly explain a little bit for the average joe who maybe doesn't understand a lot of like the complexities of the subconscious and the conscious mind's What are some ways that those can kind of be in discord? Okay, so that's an excellent
2: question, Kimmy. And now this is probably what's going to be the most fascinating takeaway of this podcast. Here's the thing. We think of the subconscious mind as something that's in between our ears, like it's up here in our heads, right? That's where we think the subconscious mind is, like in our brain, you know, north of our, our neck. But that is so wrong. That is, that. So here's the deal. The subconscious mind, the biggest part of, of the unconscious is your body. So every single cell of your body houses the subconscious mind. So every cell in every organ, everywhere inside of you, is contained in your subconscious mind. And thanks to researchers like the late great Dr. Candace Pert, we know that we don't have a mind and a body. We have a mind body. They are one. So what are the implications of that guys? There's a huge implication. That means that you can't keep secrets from your big toe. Okay? Everything that you are thinking up here in your head, your big toe, your toes, everywhere in your body, every cell is listening in on these conversations. So let's say you're always telling yourself, let's pretend there's someone's always saying, Oh God, I'm, I'm not good enough. So stupid, I'm a failure. And there are individuals that have a lot of that loathing, a lot of like really, you know and they speak to themselves let's say you speak to yourself in an abusive mean you're mad at yourself so you're letting yourself have it you're like going on and you're like what you have to remember is that when you are doing this this conversation isn't just happening up here and you think it's just here your body's clueless every cell in your Body is listening in on that conversation. Now, grant you, our cells don't speak English. This is true. But every feeling, those thoughts are making you feel something, right? Feelings are chemical messengers that are passing on information from cell to cell. Now, through a process of cell division, right? So, your cells, they will eventually die off. Divide, die off, and new cells are born. So, And that's happening all the time. Right now, there are new cells coming into your body, being born. So when you would call yourself stupid, you know, that's making you or or not good enough. That good enoughness, that feeling is being passed on from generation to generation in your body. That's the message they keep when they die off and these new daughter cells are born this is the message that they're receiving so i ask clients think of it this way what do you want your legacy to be because that's what this is you know do you want your legacy that self to be one of hate love uh what is it because when these cells are being born into our body they're either being born in an environment that's loving or one that feels threatening and let me tell you that voice that you use in your head when you're calling yourself stupid or whatever it is if it's an abusive tone it's going to be perceived in your nervous system as threatening so already these cells are being born in a threatening environment so if you have these big dreams, like I said, but you talk to your body in a way that makes it feel small, that scares it, well, you know, it's gonna be hard to get your body to really feel confident enough because these cells are feeling small, right? And so that's really such an important takeaway. We think that if we criticize ourselves enough, that that's going to motivate us to make those changes. That if only we just treat ourselves, you know, if we just criticize ourselves enough, if we just like tell ourselves how not good enough we are, that's going to make us change. That's going to motivate us to become more good enough. But it doesn't work that way because what you're doing when you're constantly criticizing yourself is that you're just embedding that not good enoughness, that belief and all your beliefs reside in your subconscious mind. that belief is just getting planted deeper and deeper into your subconscious mind. So you see how that's gonna be a problem mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. so um, and and if I could, I think if you guys will uh, if I can do this, I'd like to illustrate a point. So mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mm-hmm. mind doing a little lemon experiment with me. All uh, right. Any listening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to close your eyes. Okay. And I want you to imagine, right? Really engage all your senses, right? And just imagine that you're seeing yourself or feeling that you're under a lemon tree. And you're just breathing in the scent of those lemons, and just imagine you're reaching and you're plucking one lemon, and it's a big lemon. It's soft, so you feel it in your hand, and it feels like that skin is just soft, and you know it's going to be plump and juicy. And then imagine magically, through the power of your imagination, there's a knife in your hand, right? So you take it, you slowly cut that lemon and that juice is oozing your fingers are sticky and oh my god you just the that plump you know the pulp of it is just so juicy and you're smelling it in it just feels so delicious and you just oh you want to bite into it so you bring it up to your mouth just take a bite and you feel that exposure explosion of tartness in your mouth and it's just oh my god that juice and you just swallow that and it's just so refreshing so good okay i want you to open your eyes now if you did that right take, check your mouth check your saliva yeah there's a lot <laughs> that's so yeah. so wild yeah yeah so here is my next point every thought you have is producing some kind of biochemical physiological uh, reaction in your body because your body doesn't know that there isn't a real lemon in your mouth right Mm -hmm. it's as far as your body's concerned that lemon is really real so what are the implications of that the implications are that everything that you imagine is real because your nervous system, your body cannot tell the difference between something you imagine and something that's actually going on. So, you know, we tend to futurize, but because. The brain has this negative primitive brain has a a built in negativity bias. It's easier for us to go into those like scary, worst case scenarios than the really happy scenarios. But what's happening is that when you're imagining that worst case scenario, your body doesn't know that this is something that could happen. It thinks it's happening now. So what happens is when you're imagining all these things, you're freaking out yourself. You know, you're freaking out the, the cells in your liver and in, in all your body because you know, they don't know that this didn't happen. So, you know, when you, let's say, you know, you're you're replaying that conversation when you broke up with your boyfriend, right, five times a day, um, it's making you feel things. And you're imagining, you're replaying that whole thing. And let's see, it was it really hurt your feelings, what went on. So what you're doing, and this kind of, when we realize this, it makes us more mindful. What you're doing is that you are rewounding yourself over and over again because your body doesn't know that this happened five days ago or five, five months ago, five years ago. It thinks it's happening now. So that is, you know, think about it. Do you want to really put yourselves through that? Needless suffering, because it, like I said, it isn't just happening up here. It's happening everywhere in your body. And when we spend time. Thinking about, let's say you're worried about something, you know, that you're going to fail. And, and so let's say you've got something coming up and you're imagining that worst case scenario that it went wrong. What you're doing is a few things one you are practicing that failure because your imagination is a big training ground that's where we mentally and that's what hypnosis basically like what i was telling you in the future pacing in hypnosis what we're basically doing is that you reach a state of really heightened focused attention and you put your imagination to work for you, not against you. So you're very mindful in hypnosis to make sure that what you are imagining is wow, this new you, this empowered you that's thinking, believing. What you want to believe in that moment when you are imagining this you, if you really engage your senses, because remember, it's not just about seeing a picture in your head. You have to also engage your feelings, right? Because otherwise it's like, you know, plugging a cell phone into a defective socket. It's not going to charge. So in your imagination, if you're seeing if you're feeling this new you. Well, your body doesn't know. That this future you, that this imagined you, isn't the you that is now. So the present you is always influencing the future you. And the future you is influencing the present you. So this is, you know, I teach clients self-hypnosis. And through these recordings, they get to repeatedly play out practice success Practice becoming this person that they want to be up here. Because what happens is that when you say, okay, so you have to be believing something about yourself. This empowered you is thinking. And the idea is to get this really detailed. Because if I say to you, Kimmy, oh, and you're my client. Well, when you reach this goal, what would you be thinking? What would you be believing? You'd have to be believing that you are good enough, right? Mm -hmm. But we're so programmed to talk about what we don't want to be, who we don't want to be. That when I ask people, well, okay, give me a real picture, a detailed picture of who you want to be, they're not that sure. Okay, well, what would I have to think? What would I have to be believing in? And when you're imagining you're practicing it but your subconscious mind doesn't know that it just knows that this is new so that's how you keep because you plant and believe so if you think of it this way during hypnosis these are little suggestions or like little seeds that we're planting in the soil of your subconscious mind and every time that you imagine yourself really believing that you're good enough. The subconscious mind, ah, okay, you're growing that seed. You're making it bigger. And not only are you reprogramming your subconscious mind, but you're also changing your brain. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you keep telling yourself how not good enough you are, the brain is taking notes. The brain learns through past experience when you keep telling it. And your brain is always going to want to prove you right. So let's say, depending on what you've taught it to believe. Now, it would be great if we teach our brains to believe that we're like really good enough, worthy, lovable people. The only thing is that unconsciously, through repetition, we keep telling ourselves. We've already planted those beliefs, limiting beliefs in our subconscious mind. So the brain, this is what the brain you've taught it to believe, not consciously, but unconsciously taught it to believe it. So your brain is going to want to prove you right. And it's going to want to show you evidence. That's why your brain is like, look, you did this. You're not good enough. Oh, yeah. Remember yesterday when you forgot to do this? So your brain is really good. It's looking for every kind of evidence to just confirm to you that, oh, you're not good enough. That isn't really true. It's what you've taught it to believe, right? Because if you, you can turn this around. If you start through hypnosis, mental rehearsal, if you start changing that around and teaching your brain that you are good enough, then the brain is going to want to prove you right. It's going to say, oh, look at this. Oh, you are good enough. Look at that. Wow. So your brain, because it, it could easily with, you know, working, say with someone like me, you could easily turn this around. So your brain starts going in the other direction, proving you right. Um, you know, so it, it's just going to be easier to become the person that you want to be.
0: It's so interesting because like, how many times have you heard to like, you just need to capture your thoughts. You just need to change your mind. Like you need to, right. It almost feels like forceful or, and I was trying to find it uh, cause I wrote it down somewhere in my journal about basically like the negative self-talk is like the worst way to create a new habit. <laughs> like, it's a little more like, it was a little more eloquently written when I like had read it, but I had wrote it down because I was thinking like, that's one of the big things, you know, that I have worked on in my journey is, you know, any sort of like not feeling enough. Right. And working through that process and wanting to change things and change how I do things. And, um, you know, I read it in, um, in a money book and it was basically along the lines of like, you know, beating yourself up is literally, the worst way to try like create a new habit or change your mind. Yeah. And so it's it's awesome to kind of have that even just reaffirmed right now.
2: But do you do you get an idea, yeah. Megan, of, mm-hmm. of why that is why it is that that you know that negative self-talk because basically that negative self self-talk is just programming your subconscious mind, which basically right. is is who you are. you know, the nitty gritty of who you are. So that's why we have to learn how to be the wise observers.
1: We want to introduce this Thought for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages two to five for Mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue tie healing protocols. And then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene. And Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, The course is 297, and the link will be in the description.
2: Of our thoughts. And it's, you know, Kimmy, that we're curious. So the reason that resonates so much with me is because, you know, I lecture on wellness, growing wellness from the inside out, right? Using hypnosis to do that, other things. And, you know, curiosity is how we should approach. We've got this world inside of us, right? But we're so scared of it. We're so scared. We hide from our feelings. We like, oh my gosh, because we're so hard on ourselves. Like, for example, if you feel shame and blame, right? Let's say, you know, shame is a big emotion. And, you know, part of it is that we don't want to, Be with that feeling because, you know, we we can be so, we can shame the part of us that already feels ashamed. You know what I'm saying? So that feeling, you know, for every feeling we have, there's a part of us that feels that feeling. And when you shame that feeling, you're shaming the part of you that feels that feeling. So of course, you don't want to sit with that shame. You don't want to be with that feeling because you already know what's coming. But if we learn to really have compassion and love and explore this inner world inside us, our subconscious mind with curiosity, right? It's so important to do it with curiosity because then curiosity is just like this exploratory, non-judgmental thing, uh, this, this feeling. That's so important when we can just say, why am I? What's what's going on here? You know, really exploring those feelings. What is this teaching? me? What, What is this anger trying to tell me? What is this? You know, we can be gentle with ourselves that way. Curious instead of, you know. Judgmental or mean or whatever you know, explore our inner world with curiosity. It can make so much difference. Mm-hmm.
1: I was thinking about when you were talking about how the subconscious also lives in all the different other parts of your body. Um, I got trained in EFT tapping, which I think you do that as well, right? Oh my
2: God. I love tapping. I love you don't it. even get me started oh. because it, to me, tapping is like a bread and butter uh, thing that I do with clients. I mean, I, I teach them tapping. Tapping is, I love tapping, Kimmy, because it really, you know, it, it voices all those parts of us. It moves that energy. It gives them, you know, you get it out, but that they get heard. You can let those feelings go. Sometimes all a feeling wants is that part of you that feels that feeling is just to be heard mm-hmm. in the moment. Be acknowledged Mm -hmm. once you learn from it. Once it tells you, Listen, this is you know, this is the anger talking. This you listen, you're like, Okay, I take you on board. You learn from it, then you can let it go
0: Mm -hmm.
2: because that's the thing. Every feeling is useful, but they outlive their usefulness at some point. You can't keep carrying that anger for years and years. I mean, the ideas you learn from it, you let it go. And I think, yes with tapping we can do that so it's great that you that you do the tapping I
1: love it I just had a really beautiful experience um I went to a women's retreat in Mexico Mm -hmm. and um I also do Reiki so there was a girl I had met and she was um having infertility she was having a hard time getting pregnant and so I offered to do Reiki and another girl that was there um uh, she studies with like the plant medicines in Brazil and Guatemala, so she was doing like um another type of energy work, and it was so beautiful because we finished and she was like, I feel really good, but my intuition said I think there's a little bit more stuck here, so I said like, is it okay if we do some tapping? Um, I'll tap on you so you don't have to worry about it. You can just lay there which I know normally you tap on yourself, but, um, I just kind of guided her through some things. And one of the phrases that kept coming to my mind was like, my body is not broken. You know, I am whole, my body is not broken and I am whole. And I would do that. And she would say it out loud and I would kind of guide her through it. And, you know, she had this moment where she just kind of burst into tears. And it was like at that Finally, after, like, the couple times of tapping, 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 it sunk in enough that she actually believed that. And it was so, so beautiful to witness and also to kind of, like, feel that energetic shift. Like, you could feel that limiting belief start to shift, you know? And I'm like, we're just making... We're cleaning out the nest. We're
2: wow. making home. And so you, home. you realize that it, what you were able to help her do in that moment, Kitty, oh, yeah, was that because you know all our feelings reside in the subconscious mind. That shift already, she was able to let that belief that she was broken go, release it, let it go, and then through the tapping, you were able to get her to embrace mm-hmm. something else, or even open her heart to embracing the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. The start of that, you helped her set in motion through the tap, which is really powerful. Yeah, it was so beautiful.
1: I um, have used it for panic attacks. And once I learned about EFT, like if I start to spiral into a panic attack, I'll just kind of sit there and do that. And it's really helped me. um, Like, I don't feel like I have to take, you know, a couple Xanax and then go sleep off the rest of the day, you know. So that has been really, really helpful for me. Um, But that made me really think about what you were saying about the subconscious living in your body, that maybe when you're doing the tapping, you're kind of like communicating with your body as
2: well. Because, you know, I like to say the subconscious, a.k.a. your body. So when I talk to you and I say the subconscious, what I really mean to say is your body, because it's interesting, right? When people think of the subconscious or the unconscious, and they're thinking up here and then the body is something else, Mm -hmm. but we have a mind body. So the subconscious mind is your body. So of course, yeah, all those feelings, the habits, the beliefs that get stored and there's a lot of ways we can go around, we can change a subconscious mind, change our brain, because when we start reprogramming the subconscious mind, we start changing our brain. So what we do, you know, with the tapping is a lot of that. You're really working with with the subconscious mind, re- working your brain. So, I mean, that's great that you do it. I do tapping. I mean, I think it's absolutely um and and because of, I, I teach it to clients because so many of my clients just are so afraid of what they feel of all the feelings inside of them. And and the mm-hmm. thing is this, that what we any feeling that we have comes from a part of us that feels it, like I just said. But the thing is, when you reject even one feeling, when you say I can't be feeling it or that's not right that I should or, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. I'm feeling this or whatever it is, or the shame, the blame, whatever that the guilt, you know, when you reject that feeling, that part of you that has that feeling. That's why we don't feel whole, because, when you know, when you reject even one tiny part of you you're eroding that wholeness. The idea is to live with all those parts of us in greater harmony. That's what people mean by, oh, I want to feel more whole. Basically, it's that acceptance. It's not, you know, these feelings, it just, you know, they, they, you know, they want to be treated with a little compassion and understanding those parts of you. And, and that's what I love about the tapping too. It gives mm-hmm. them an opportunity to just be heard and be released and yeah so believe me we can use hypnosis we can use the, the tapping there's there's more absolutely more than one way to make changes in our in our subconscious mind and when you make those changes your whole body feels a kidney when I'm sure this person you worked with she was feeling that sensation her body was actually feeling that oh Mm-hmm. that shift didn't just happen up here her entire body her heart like with the the panic attacks and you know what you were it, it's working your whole body it's your heartbeat and you know it's so good because it's bringing those cortisol levels down so mm-hmm. of course it helps
1: mm-hmm um, speaking of the subconscious, is the subconscious the same as like your shadow self in spirituality? And they talk about
2: your shadow. Oh my God, I love your questions. Um, so I have this recording that I um, have for clients, and um, and actually, if you like this recording, I'm having. Happy to make it available to you, Kimmy. And the oh I love of this that. recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah 100% I can send it you to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd like it. it. it's a generic recording that I made for clients because this comes up. So it's called the Shadow and Light. Mm. And um, you know, it's like I said, this shadow self that you know, the shadow self is all those things that are not good enough that you know we We're afraid that if our boyfriends finds out about all these, like we want to keep these parts of us in the dark and from people, because then you know we're thinking, okay, if they really knew this about me, if they this and that, they'd see me differently. They'd stop loving me or whatever. And it's just realizing how valuable our shadow self is. because our shadow self serves such a purpose. It is what motivates us to walk, to kind of shift towards the light. But the thing with the shadow self is that it's just observing it with a lot of love. Because think of it this way. If, you know, for every feeling that we have, there's an opposite. So we can feel generous or not generous envious or not envious um we can feel mean or not mean loving or not loving so people are tempted to think that when we're feeling generous and loving and kind and all that we're in the light and of course when we're those those not so good qualities mean and not loving uh, that's our shadow but i know this is a big one for people to kind of take on board But I would like it if you could open your hearts to thinking of it this way. Our ego wants us to think that somehow the light, that when you're generous and kind and loving, that you're more worthy, you're more good enough than when you're being mean or judgmental or feeling jealous or whatever it is, then you're not worthy. if we can just get over that and not you know think of these feelings as second class citizens that because we feel these other feelings that you know somehow when we're feeling centered and wise that that part of us is better more good enough than the part of us that feels confused that feels lost that feels uncertain All of these parts are parts of us that are good. It's the part of us that is, you know, because how would we know as human beings, how would we know what good enough, what feeling good enough really is, really noted in our body if we didn't also experience feeling not good enough? How would we know what goodness really is if we didn't also experience its opposite? Which is why I don't like to say good and bad feelings. For me, they're all good and not so good feelings. Because really, every feeling has something to teach you about yourself. And so, you know, it's this, you know, how, how would, it's when, how would we know? If it wasn't for these, you know, the shadow, how would we know when we're standing in the light? As human beings, how would we know? How would we know if it wasn't for our, you know, shadow, when we are standing in the light? It's our shadow that when we open our hearts to just loving ourselves, and this is where unconditional love comes in, and it is so important. Because when this shadow feels, it's not that you're, you know. So let's say you observe yourself feeling kind of like, oh, I don't know, really like mean and whatever it is. Instead of getting mad at yourself or feeling disappointed or feeling like, oh my God, or oh, gee, guilty or ashamed that you even had that terrible thought about somebody, and just accept it and say, okay, all right. That without the criticism, without that punishing dialogue, and just observed it and say, with curiosity, and say, okay, and kind of have that understanding chat with yourself. Then, you know, that's a better way to bring that shadow into the light because once Mm -hmm. you understand that, Lord, it becomes easier to be kinder towards yourself to feel more loved you know these emotions just motivate us to bring them into the light to you know so mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. but i i will but it's it's a cool recording and i will send it to you guys we would love that i yeah, had i had a really
1: special meditation that happened um i don't know maybe like a month ago And in my meditation, I was trying to think about, like, those parts of myself that I hate. Like, you know, going there, self-hatred. I don't know why I developed these feelings toward myself, but I have. And I felt them like this heavy rock underneath my heart. And when I kind of dug in and I pretended like it was, like, a rock and, like, looking at the different pieces that made it up, you know, A lot of it was like the, you have to be harsh with yourself like a parent, you know, Um, like if you aren't hard on yourself, then you're going to be a failure in life. So that was one of the pieces that was making me so hateful towards myself was like, I felt like I couldn't be successful unless I was rude to myself and I had to push myself. Some of it was like um, needing to be. Not prideful, so I couldn't be like proud of myself, otherwise, mm-hmm. that would be pride. Um, yeah. and then a large part of it was like I felt like I needed to be small, so then I wasn't too much, you know, like how dare I ever yeah. be too much? I've always been mm-hmm. extra, like I don't know why
0: <laughs> that got stuck extra from the rooftops. Yep, amen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> extra <laughs> um... for life. <laughs> But that was like a big part of it is like oh, yeah, trying to keep me small because I think that part of my subconscious was trying to keep me safe. And so what I did was I, I said, I hear you, I love you, and I accept you. But like, we need to change how we're going to act towards each other now. And then tried to like imagine that little rock getting transmuted into a crystal. And then I found a rock that day that looked kind of like You know, it's all see-through and shiny and really beautiful. And so I kept that as, like, my reminder of that
0: meditation. Um, I love
2: it. I love love that. That was beautiful,
0: Kimmy. Yeah. It actually reminds me, too, like, of an even more, like, though. you know, you had those, like, coach, if you played sports, right, you had those coaches, and actually I can think of my dad. My dad was always the best coach, and there was another coach who also coached. Who was always yelling? My dad was rarely a yelling coach, right? Like he was not one to embarrass you, right? He's like, I have four daughters. I learned this pretty early. Embarrassing does not get get you what you want, right? Whereas, like the other coach was kind of like the fear based yeller, and a lot of times the girls would end up, or my teammates would end up talking, or kind of coming to my dad to be like, "Can you help me?" Because, and it caused this weird rift between them. That's their own thing, whatever. But you know that idea of like. The more gentle, encouraging coach got so much better. You know, on the softball field, got so much better results from his team than the girls who felt beat down. Right, because we're also talking about like ten and eleven year olds, right, and even cool. into like high schoolers, right. Like the coaches who yell and scream and break chairs, like that fear-based coaching, even at a sports level, doesn't produce the same results as those coaches who understand. That's not how
2: people listen. We think that (laughs) irritation, impatience, Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, Mm -hmm. abusive, come on, you know, is what's going to get us to become this more good enough person. Right. But what what a little love and wisdom and compassion can do and wise understanding and how blessed you are that your dad kind of figure that one out um that just works so much better in Mm -hmm. our body with every one of ourselves and it's interesting Kimmy because when you were what you were talking about those beliefs and how self-aware your journey obviously uh, has made you very self-aware and that was great what you did transmuting that because that's the thing if if you you know feelings and I teach clients how to connect with their feelings and enter into a dialogue so we ask our feeling okay uh what is it that you want for me what is it that you want to get for me even if it's a feeling like I don't like a whatever it is like that hateful feeling say you're feeling hateful if you ask that feeling What is it that you want to get from me? Now, most people, your conscious Mm -hmm. mind would go like, that question doesn't make sense. What good feeling could possibly want? But when you kind of get to yourself, get in a place where you're connected with your subconscious mind, with this feeling, and you ask it, what is it that you really want from me? You got an answer. Like, for example, many times this feeling, wants to protect us, you know, as illogical as that may be to, you know, our conscious mind, a lot of times the root of a lot of these like fear wants anxiety It wants to protect us in some way. So it's just learning that and then just reminding this part of us that, you know, I've got this. I know you want this for me but this is how I'm gonna get it for me. You know, a lot of times I do um, like a parts therapy thing. So let's say there's a part of you, let's say that is this part of you that, you know, you don't wanna have. And then this part of you that you do, right? And if you ask these two parts, what do you want for me? Usually they both want something good. They have a good intention. And when these two parts, oh, yeah, I didn't know you wanted that for kidney. And then the other feels like, oh, you wanted that, too. They both want that for you. They're just coming at it from a different place. One has a strategy that's like, like way off, but it yeah. means we yeah. And it's just coming like a compromise between the, the two of you, the wise observer. Okay, this is. But a lot of that, too, just. To that awareness where do these beliefs about ourselves come from well they come from our early childhood when you know we're little and we mistakenly start to believe things uh, or from our parents a lot of these beliefs are handed down to us from our parents and grandparents and so on so yeah and remembering beliefs where are they stored They're stored in the subconscious mind. So, I mean, that's great. Obviously, you've done the work. And let me ask you, Kenny. So all of this, has that really made a difference as far as um, your own personal journey? Actually, yes. That that part of my heart
1: that I never recognized, um, it it just felt like this heavy lump underneath my heart. It did feel lifted since that day, which is really
2: beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So there, you know, you kind of you sort of installed this new belief in your subconscious mind. And what you got to do is you got to keep growing it through repetition every day, because what you did there was really important. It shifted, it planted the seeds, that wonderful seed but what happens is life happens and we go into survival mode you know our fight or flight gets activated we go through a challenging time um you know a a not so good relationship whatever happens and then we start this little seed the shift that started in you now has to be watered it has to be grown it has to be made bigger and bigger So that no matter what happens in your life, no matter how many people come out, come at you with like, oh, well, Kimmy, you know, you did this, trying to make you feel bad about yourself, that this voice becomes the most dominant voice in your head Mm -hmm. Um, that you are deserving, that you are worthy. I mean, I personally believe and I Ask my clients to open their hearts to believing in unconditional worthiness. Like, you know, our mistakes, our faults, our mess ups, our screw ups don't make us less worthy. We're human beings. This is all learning for us because the essence of who we are beyond our human body is worthy. And I think our journey is about finding the worth that's in us, discovering it, embracing it, accepting it, owning it and we don't have to be perfect. you know it's like all these parts of us we can be confused and and, and still think you know what I messed up but inside of me is still worth And I tell you it, it can be such a life-changing thing to make it safe inside ourselves to screw up, to mess up to disappoint people, to disappoint ourselves. And yet, and this is where I think this is grace. It is grace visiting us when there is one part of us that says it's okay. I still love But you can just forgive yourself. Because let's face it, wouldn't it be nice if we did the most terrible thing in the world? People stop talking to us. Our parents are, our best friend, everybody. And yet we knew that we could go inside ourselves and find a part of ourselves, no matter how small. It's like, you know what? I'm here for you. Hmm. I still love you. I still think you're worthy. You messed up, but you're going to learn from this. You keep the learning. You'll let the rest go. That was there because no love is more powerful or soothing than our own love. It's an amazing resource. But like with any resource, it helps if we're self-sufficient because, you know, people think that, you know, they're I mean, yeah, how people love us and getting that love from the outside is terrific. The problem with that, though, is that we're always afraid to screw up because the supply gets cut off. If we don't think we're worthy of our own love, we're always, you know, conditional love is super scary, you know, because we think, oh, my God, we can't mess up. We got to be good enough because we'll lose it. Mm-hmm. But if you make the love you have inside of you a belief in your subconscious mind so you yourselves feel safe, you know, how we're walking through life thinking, I don't feel safe. I don't, you know, there's that, this feeling inside of us, we don't feel safe, we want to protect, but love, which by the way, is the greatest, energetically speaking, the most powerful frequency, and this is scientifically proven, this isn't woo -woo here, Mm -hmm. the most powerful frequency in the universe is the energy of love, Mm -hmm. if we have this inside of ourselves, you know, I I mean, that is like life-changing, because then, if we're there with our With our own love, no matter what, we feel less alone, less afraid, more soothed, we got more to share. So I think a lot of the human journey is about finding that love, growing it inside of us and giving ourselves, ourselves permission, quite frankly, to love ourselves be worthy of our own love right without thinking we have to earn it we have to claim it because love isn't a reward that you know that's the thing with feeling guilt blame or shame they're punishing emotions because they make us deny ourselves love we want to not love ourselves when we've done something wrong i think the journey and what i help my clients with is to realize that Honestly, you can make it safe inside. You can still love yourself. You know, love isn't, you don't need a reason. Listen. So how crazy is that? If we opened our hearts to that, to pure potential and possibility and believing that we don't need a good reason to love ourselves, it could just exist inside of us. We don't mm-hmm. want to earn it, blame it. People don't have to tell us that we're finally good enough and we can love ourselves all we want. Or parents, anybody else, He just, you know, can just be this gentle feeling inside of us. Oh,
1: Alexandra, you're going to make us cry like so many times. My eyes were getting all watery. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're <laughs> such a beautiful spirit. And we're so happy that you were on with us today. Thank I could you. just talk to you
0: forever
1: and ever. Oh, what a great way to
0: start our like morning, huh? Yeah. I know it's our night over there, yeah, but it's our morning. Like we're like we're ready to go crush the day. <laughs> or you like listen to this on repeat. Um and actually speaking of that, so if people want to work with you, um how like what does that process look like? How can they find you? Um you know, how can we connect them?
2: Okay, so let's see. They can go into my Website which is mindpower-change mindpower one word dash change um, and in there is my uh, Gmail uh, address which is empower hypnosis h y p n o s e but they'll see it and the easiest thing to do is just go into my website you can they can read read more about me uh, what I do and uh, yeah how to contact me and just, you know, send me. So if any viewer has any questions, um, I'm happy. I give 30 minute free 30 minute consultations just because I like to know that a person is a good fit. You know, if they have questions, whatever, I want to make sure that it's going to be a win win. So they're absolutely welcome to take advantage of that. And so, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and we forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but Nancy, who is a guest um, that did the book Worms That Poop in Your Mouth Why We Need to Floss Every Day, it, this is the beautiful woman who helped Nancy with her hypnosis as she was going through her cancer treatments. Um, as you might remember from that episode, Nancy didn't want to know her diagnosis because she didn't want that in her mind. So she did the mixture of Chinese medicine, hypnosis with Alexandra and um, the chemotherapy all the traditional cancer treatment drugs. And she is doing amazing now. So um, this is who Nancy saw. And she was such a gift to Nancy. And now she's a gift to us and all of you guys, too. Thank you. Thank you
2: so much, ladies. What a pleasure and, and uh, a delight. And um, I will send you those recordings and whatever. You can get in touch with me. And I want to thank your viewers for listening with, uh, St. Benedict used to say, the ear of their hearts. So love that. Yeah, I love it. So, no. yeah. So thank you so much. And, you know, by the way, Nancy is an amazing client an amazing person so you
0: know we're big fans
2: we're big fans we're big yeah, fans so of nancy huh? we like nancy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm, doing that. I'm a big and, fan too
0: and also if you guys want to find us you can follow us at the munch bunch podcast you can follow kimmy at mouth muscle memory you can follow me at nwmft and of course you guys can find us in person at our business and burnout retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through 12th, where we are going to be diving even further into not just the business side of things and all of the logistics around that, but a lot of this mindset stuff, because that's been the biggest differences that Kimmy and I have seen really explode in our personal businesses is our mindset shifts and how that has really helped us grow financially and get more clear as well. So if you have questions about the retreat, please reach out to us. And thank you again so much for joining us today, Alexandra. I hope uh, when you come visit the, the PNW here in a couple of weeks that the weather treats you well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you on the next Munchy Monday. Bye, everybody. Okay,
2: bye-bye.
1: We have a special offer for our Munch Bunch listeners to book a virtual consult with Megan. She's offering a discount of $25 off. Just email her, Megan at nwmyofunctionaltherapy.com or through her website, www.orofacial-myology.com. To book a virtual consult with Kimmy for the $25 off, email her, Mouth Muscle Memory, at Outlook.com or through the website, www.mouthmusclememory.com.